재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Five years ago, a Tunisian street vendor by the name of Mohamed Bouazizi was running a small fruit and vegetable stall. This man took his own life by self-immolation, setting himself on fire in protest of harassment from corrupt local officials. This death triggered a chain reaction of events throughout the Middle East and North Africa, and it is subsequently been called the Arab Spring. A wave of popular uprisings. Uh, we still see the remnants of it today. We've seen changes in countries like Libya, Egypt, and Tunisia, and we're seeing uh, the conflicts continuing to rage in countries like Syria. To get an assessment and analysis on all the changes that have occurred in the region, and to get your thoughts as well, text us at pound one zero one three for fifty one. Or send us a cacao talk message. We're going to be joined by an expert from overseas, but joining us here in the studio, very pleased to have joining us once again from Kuwait News Agency correspondent Ibrahim Ahmed. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. Very happy to be here. So this uh, uh, event, known as the Arab Spring or Movement, however you want to call it. Uh, it's not something you can say it's a cookie shutter, uh, cookie cutter type of situation, right? It mm-hmm. was very different, very unique, depending on the region, the the nation, uh, the people involved who were affected by it. And I think this is a difficult question to ask, but uh, in your observation of what you saw uh, the past five years, um, would you say it's a net positive or a net negative? Well, first of all, we need to say that five years is a very short period of time to start judging a revolution. Mm. Uh, we can look at the, the French Revolution, the, the civil war within the United States. It all took a very long time to to have stable democracy. And I, I believe it's very early to talk about uh, results of this revolution. Uh, Especially now when we look at what is happening in Tunisia, is very different from what's happening in Egypt, in Libya, and in Syria. Uh, this gets me to ask the question, are we still talking about revolution here? Uh, is the re- revolution over yet? Because obviously it's not in, in Syria, it's not in Egypt. Uh, in Egypt, some people talk about, uh, that say that the revolution ha- has been hijacked. Uh, by by the new power, um, w- when we see a country like Syria that is going through a, a civil war that is being invaded mm-hmm. in a certain way by foreign uh, powers, uh, we see it getting bombed every single day, uh, hundred people dying. Uh, is this still a revolution? So here, a lot of questions yeah. uh, can be asked, but it's still very early to to start judging the revolution for sure. So it is. Very early, and we, we usually look at history books that cover <laughs> centuries and centuries true, of, yeah, exactly. of events that occur, and then maybe historians can place some kind of interpretation or or judgment on the events. It, it, that is to say, then, when we see these various countries and their unique situations, like Tunisia, like Egypt, uh, and like uh, currently what Syria is going through, um, Maybe too early to judge whether it's a positive or a negative uh, phenomenon, but have there been any positive changes made in any countries? Well, it depends on uh, which which side uh, on which side do you stand. Uh, but generally speaking, if we look at uh, the Tunisian example, it has been so been so far the most successful one. Mm-hmm. Um, within the last couple of years, they have uh, two democratically elected presidents. 
um, that they are having uh, a, a serious and a very powerful um, opposition, uh, thanks to the, the Nahda uh, party. Uh, it is an Islamic party, but who has taken a very brave but also smart decision of staying in the opposition and not taking power. Mm. Uh, probably they learned from the Egyptian example. The Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, exactly, the okay. Muslim Brotherhood, but also another example in Algeria that has Algeria went also through a revolution in the uh, late 80s. Uh, and also the Islamic, an Islamic party um, won the elections in, in Algeria, but was overthrown by the army. Same example as Egypt. So maybe they have already learned from all these examples mm. and decided to stay in the opposition. So now they, are, they have in Tunisia a very strong p p opposition, which you know is very important for any democracy. Uh, but they also have in Tunisia uh, a very serious uh, dialogue going on, um, thanks to the uh, dialogue quartet. They won lately the, the, um, the Nobel Prize for the dialogue they have, they have been having since 2013. They have basically avoided the country uh, going into a stream of blood because of all the the political um, assassination that started in 2012. So they started the dialogue, and thanks to that, we can see uh, a strong democracy that is starting to in, in Tunisia. Is there something we can say is unique about Tunisia? It's, it's a relatively smaller nation, perhaps uh, different from other countries where maybe oil wealth is a factor, like mm -hmm. Libya, or a country like Egypt, which has a very integral sort of... Uh, part of the the power dynamics in the region uh, perhaps I, there was certain kind of uh, conditions on the ground that allowed Tunisia to perhaps have a better transition than other countries yeah probably there probably there is less parties international parties involved in in mm -hmm. the Tunisian case so when we look at uh, uh, Syria Syria is uh, as, just as an example is next to to Palestine uh, very uh, still uh, there is issues between right. Israel and Palestine over there they are supporters of the the Palestinian liberation movement. Um, they also they are they are in the way of the the oil pipes uh, going from the Middle East, Qatar and uh, Kuwait mm. to uh, Turkey and obviously Europe also. Right. Um, all of these uh, uh, conditions make it very difficult for for country like Syria to go smoothly uh, uh, trans uh, to go through a smooth transition to democracy. Right. So we can't just say, oh, it's because Bashar al-Assad and um, well, yeah, definitely. Like Assad is one party in the whole uh, problem. He's not the only one, obviously, but yeah, there's a lot. When uh, when the uh, Arab Spring first, I suppose, uh, came into the consciousness of many people, including in the West and people who are outside the region, uh, I, I suppose a lot of people were kind of viewing this with a lens of, wow, this is such an amazing event going on. It was really that first um, kind of... Twitter revolution, I suppose people mm -hmm. are calling it, because they were able to get real-time updates on the situation, how individuals were reacting through it. But by and large, and I suppose different from what we're seeing now, and we'll talk about later with uh, this battle against ISIS and what the uh, international powers are talking about, it was a largely hands-off type of situation uh, as far as the quote-unquote international community uh, was involved in, ter in terms of if you compare to the, the Iraq invasion mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. But do you feel or do, is there an analysis that some people feel that the international community's involvement, if increased, would have help the situation because some people would probably say yeah, that might not have yeah. been the case right yeah yeah exactly um 
I don't know if any um, international involvement is needed uh, when when the issue is uh, pretty much national. Um, we see that maybe one of the reasons uh, Tunisian example succeeded because there was no international, no serious international mm -hmm. involvement, basically. Uh, but uh, for the case of Egypt, Syria, and even Libya, Libya, um, every international party seems to have his own plans for the country. So maybe not being involved is better than having too much involvement within the national affairs of a country. Right, and as you point out, uh, with Tunisia, they've had a somewhat of a unique situation where I suppose it's it's like the guy who's at the party and um, no one really <laughs> talks to that exactly. guy at the party, but he's able to enjoy the food and kind of uh, uh, and be... No one was expecting it to right. happen in Tunisia. After over 30 years of the dictatorship, no one was expecting uh, a Tunisian revolution, for sure. What we were going to do is continue to uh, get Ibrahim's thoughts on uh, the Arab Spring five years ahead, uh, what has happened, and probably also assess some of the uh, situations going on right now. Currently, of course, uh, most things overshadowed, at least in Western media, uh, by the emergence of ISIS and these high-profile attacks that have horrified people and also galvanized some people to now um, call for more action within the region. We're going to talk about this with Ibrahim as well as a professor from overseas and get thoughts, to get their thoughts. You can continue to text us your opinions as well. Text us at pound 1013 for 51. Stay tuned. You're listening to Primetime.